Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to day two, day two of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I pray that God has already met with you. and You've seen some amazing things happen already in your lives. So good morning to each of you. Welcome you. We welcome you as you get on board here and as you join the page. We're going to be discussing Dare to Believe Again. Wow, this is going to be a great one today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And that is the message of the hour, Dare to Believe Again. This is coming to you live on Facebook, also Today, starting yesterday on YouTube, still experimenting a bit there, uh, live as well. Devotions are available as podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. I know not what I just said. Just trying to get the word out. And what is that word? The word is that we are a group of believers meeting together for the purpose of an awakening. There I said it. Nothing short of an awakening will do. In the book on prayer, I describe the awakenings that have hit America's shores, and I believe we can and will see this. And as with previous awakenings, I believe it's going to happen when people pray and pray diligently. So we are in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Find a way to fast, intermittent, partial, Daniel fast, anything to add an exclamation point to punctuate your prayer. These kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So day two of 21 days of prayer, how we began this devotion a year ago this week is what I believe is necessary now. We've got to pray and pray as never before for an awakening. So share the page, like the page, follow the page, And let's see what God can do. Amen. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this family. In these 21 days, we're looking at some of the qualities of God. We need to lift our eyes to the rock that's higher than us. We're going to see how God soars over us. He's more. He's most. He's better. He's best. He's greater, greatest. He's the comparative and the superlative in everything that we do. And today we're going to see a quality of God that he is kinder and gentler than we can even imagine. And we're also going to zero in, as we will in these 21 days, on how in times past in our nation's history, when we prayed and when we fasted, God showed up today, dare to believe again. That's what I'm asking you, believe again. Numerous other times when we've seen God's kindness in our nation's history, and I'm sure if you're in another nation, you've seen it as well. We have witnessed what prayer and fasting can do. The year of 1746, the most powerful fleet of that time, 70 ships, 13,000 troops headed west from France to our shores. The intent was to recapture Nova Scotia and then destroy from Boston down to New York, all the way south to Georgia. Massachusetts Governor William Shirley called for a season of prayer and fasting that began on October 16, 1746. 
at Boston's Old South Meeting House, one preacher said, Lord, send thy tempest upon the water and scatter the ships of our tormentors. And barely had he finished praying when the sky darkened and winds began to shriek and church bells began to ring wildly. And indeed, the entire fleet was scattered. Longfellow even wrote of this in the ballad of the French fleet, that a navy was destroyed by three words, let us pray. And so it is today. God has not changed. Neither has the power of prayer. We face a virus, a pandemic, sickness, heartache, malaise, pain, misery, and all of this can be scattered. Oh, can I get a witness? With three words, let us pray. Are you with me today? Amen. When we pray, God reveals himself. Prayer invites the hand of God in the affairs of men. Prayer says, I can't do it by myself. God, I need you. Could I direct your Bible reading? Could I direct your Bible reading in this season? During this time of unspeakable sorrow and fear, I'd recommend that you focus on two areas of the Bible, the Psalms, yes, amen, and the Gospels. And of course, I put the book of Acts in with the Gospels. I call it the fifth gospel. Luke started Acts saying the former book that bore his name is what Jesus began to do. And so Acts is a continuation of what Jesus did, not just in his physical life, but through his body, his committed followers, the church of the living God. Psalms will draw you close to God and the Gospels will as well. They will draw you close to the God-made man and to the many, many human needs that Jesus addressed. Put it simply, the Gospels are just a, it's, it's a book of miracles. You see Jesus as healer and miracle worker as more capable to address our needs than any others. You read them long enough and you may realize that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. And what he did then, he can do now. And more importantly, I, I think we need to know this. What he did then, he wants to do now because his character has not changed. He is kinder than you can imagine. He is gentler than you can conceive. There is a story in the Gospel of Mark that shows that. And I'm mentioning several stories here today, but I want to focus on this story for a moment. Mark 5 contains two miracles about two women, a young girl, the daughter of Jairus, and an adult woman. Jesus was en route to Jairus's house when Mark, who very well may have been in the crowd that day, perceived a particular adult woman trying to do what all others did, just trying to get to Jesus. She hoped to touch the hem of his garment, probably the fringe, the wings, the outer prayer shawl. And she kept saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garments. Could be healed. I don't need an audience with the king. I don't need him to speak to me. I just want to touch the fringe of his garment. Mark tells us a bit about this woman. She was hemorrhaging, she was bleeding, and she had done so for 12 long years. It was a chronic need. She had spent all the money she had on supposed treatments from doctors. Medicine was exceedingly primitive back then. The Bible says, as great as the suffering of her disease, she suffered much or she suffered more from the hands of the physicians. Okay, get a witness to that. Oh, my. She didn't get any better. And rather with each treatment, each day that passed, she grew worse, she grew weaker, and she grew more 
desperate. When she heard that Jesus was near, she came up with her own solution. She said, you know, I just have to touch his garments and I will be made whole. Now, if you were to consider and enumerate all of the strikes that were against her first, she was ceremonially unclean. The law said in Leviticus uh, 15, I believe, the law says she should not be in the company of other people for seven days. Second, by touching someone, not only was she unclean, but she rendered them unclean for seven days as well. Does this sound like quarantine to you folks? It does to me. Third, she was a she. How's that? For her to push her way through a crowd of people was considered a sign of wantonness, degrading to her femininity. Fourth, she was broke. Oh, can I get a Boy, I'm ministering to somebody. Fifth, she was physically spent as well. This sickness had drained her vitality and strength for her to push her way through the crowd. She she was walking to her grave, but she had two things going for her. Oh, number one, Jesus was near. Oh, there's a song we used to sing. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Do you remember that? It said none could else, none else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. He's kinder than we can imagine. He sees when a sparrow falls to the ground and Jesus said, and are you not worth more than many sparrows? He is the one that clothes the lily of the field and he provides meat in due season. He reigns on the just and the unjust. His compassions, well, they're new every morning and they fail not. Great is his faithfulness. Oh, What a wonderful Savior we have. Amen. Amen. The second thing she had going for her first was the kindness of Jesus. Jesus was near. Second thing she had going for her was not her determination, not her dogged pursuit of Jesus, not her desperation, but what was behind it all. That was her faith. After she pressed her way through the crowd, touched his garment, was healed, knew she was healed, knew that it happened. Oh, look at that verse of Scripture. Mark 5, 34, and this is in the Passion Translation. Jesus looked at her and said, daughter. Oh, that that's significant right there. A relationship. Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering because you dare to believe. Daughter, daughter, let me tell you who the Lord recognizes as his family those with faith. Daughter, you dared to believe. Do you know how important faith is to God? Someone said prayerlessness is the father of all sin. Well, then I would have to say faithlessness must be sin's granddaddy because all spiritual success is rooted in faith with God. Our prayer, our fasting, it comes from faith. And all spiritual failure is the fruit of a lack of faith from God, in God. What this woman had going for her was Jesus was near, he's kind, and was her faith. She dared 
to believe again. How many times had she believed in 12 years, but she dared to believe again? Jesus was never amazed at somebody's righteousness. He was never amazed at the smartest boy and smartest girl in the room, anybody's wisdom or education or family lineage or pedigree or possessions. He was never amazed by that. What amazed Jesus was faith. You remember a couple of stories. Let me illustrate that. A Roman centurion once asked Jesus, he would heal a servant. When Jesus said he would go to the Gentiles' house, the centurion said, no, 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 no. You don't need to do that. You just speak the word. You speak in authority. And Jesus marveled and said, I have not found so great a faith. No, in all of Israel. It seems that Jesus was looking. I've not found. He was looking to find faith. He was searching for faith. In Luke 18, do you remember the question Jesus asked? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? Jesus is looking for faith, faith to believe again, faith that is rooted in the faithfulness of God, confident in God's nature and in his mercy, Another time, Jesus was amazed when a Canaanite woman came pleading to him for her demon-possessed daughter. And he said, woman, great is thy faith. Your request is granted. Your daughter is delivered. The centurion, this Canaanite woman. Do you know that until the centurion, the healing of the servant, Jesus went places, laid hands on people, healed them. And the centurion said, you don't have to be there physically, Jesus. Just speak the word. The centurion tore down a man-made barricade that Jesus physically had to be somewhere to heal someone, but rather he could speak. He could speak and God would heal. And that's what Jesus did then and with the Canaanite woman. And this is a message for a pandemic world. It's a message for our day. I, I know we love the passage called for the elders of church in the book of James and let them anoint with all prayer faith will say the same. We love that verse. We love that passage in Acts that the anointed prayer cloths and handkerchiefs were sent from Paul and people were healed. We still believe that. We still practice that, except when it's not practical and practicable except when we physically can't get there. When the doors to the hospitals and the ICUs are closed and we can't get in and the doors to the nursing homes are closed. When quarantine people can't get to the church and no one can get to them, Jesus can. He can get to them. Speak the word. Speak the word. And I believe that's the attitude for our day and our hour. We need to learn to speak the word with authority. We are believing for an awakening. We're believing for the miraculous. Uh, I believe it could be a healing, one noticeable healing uh, that starts a chain of events uh, and a series of consequences uh, that reaps that great awakening. Oh, somebody speak the word. Speak the word in faith over your situation, over a need. Speak the word. When I look at the centurion faith, the Gentile, and then look at the faith, the Nazarene's lack of faith. When Jesus went back to his hometown in Matthew 13, the Bible says he couldn't do very many miracles because of that hometown lack of faith. Two things amazed Jesus. Great faith, no faith. You read the account of the Nazarene's lack of faith in Mark, in Mark 6. It says this, Jesus marveled at their lack of faith. Right now, 
I want Jesus to look into this morning devotion and marvel at our faith. I wonder, I wonder what prayer requests you would just launch out there right now and say, I didn't see it happen yesterday. Didn't see it happen last year. Didn't see it happen 12 years ago, but I dare to believe again today. And I'm believing you God for this. And you just throw it out there. I'd like Jesus to just go join with us. I know he's here. We're two or three gathered in my name. We're gathered in his name. And I'd just like him to marvel at the faith of this group saying, I'm believing you for this. I'm believing you for that. I'm believing you for this. I don't have confidence in my faith. I have confidence in the object of my faith. I have confidence in the nature and character of God, that he's kind. He's kinder than anyone you've ever met. He's gentler. He's more merciful. What do you need from God today? Is there a sickness in your home? Is there a heartache in your heart? Is there hunger? I'm seeing, is there anger? I'm seeing so much anger this day. Is there frustration? The feeling of being out of control. Is there a sense of fear and foreboding that you can't work around, climb over, or get through? God sees. God sees that, and he knows. He knows us. He knows our frame. He remembers that. He remembers that we're just dust. We were made out of the clay of the earth and the one who is kind and the one who's from above and the one who's gentle. We can go to him and he will in no wise cast us out. Dare to believe again. But pastor, I I, I believe God for this miracle a month ago and it didn't happen. Dare to believe again. Oh my. But last year I prayed for this and it didn't happen. Dare to believe again. Again, are you with me in these 21 days of prayer and fasting? You say, Pastor, I'm not able to fast for medical reasons. I get that. But you can give up something. You you, You can set aside something that allies you and joins you in this 21 days, a meal a day, a fast every other day. Uh, Find something, find some way to fast uh, and punctuate your prayer because we need to dare to believe again for the impossible in our day. And I believe that God is going to help us and God is going to see us through and God is going to bring us into this place of great, great prosperity in his presence and peace in his presence and strength in his presence. Uh, We are believing for an awakening that will come upon our nation and our world like nothing else. So take a moment. Leave your prayer requests out to the side. Share what God's doing in your life. Leave a victory report uh, and answered prayer. And share with someone else. Like, follow the page. Loop more people into this community of faith. We are daring. Daring. I challenge you. I challenge you on day two of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Dare to believe again. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.